Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging markets business strategies. My name is Pratima Singh, and I'm a senior analyst in FSG's Asia Pacific division. The topic of our podcast today is talent management in ASEAN. Although this is certainly not a new topic, companies have found it difficult to attract, retain, and develop high-quality employees in Southeast Asia for quite some time. We've heard from our executives that talent challenges are becoming more acute. With this in mind, we recently wrote a report called Navigating Southeast Asia's Unique Talent Landscape that examines the issues and explains how companies are dealing with it. Joining me today to share some details on the report is Adam Jarzik. Adam is a director on FSG's Asia-Pacific research team and has been leading our efforts on this topic. Adam, welcome. Thanks, Pratima. It's good to be here. Let's begin with some context, Adam. Multinationals uh, face many challenges in Southeast Asia. Why should they be focusing on talent management now? Good question, Pratima. Companies should focus on this issue now because their long-term success in the region will hinge directly on their local workforces. Multinationals rely heavily on host country nationals to staff their organizations in Southeast Asia's largest emerging markets. It's generally only in the region's wealthiest countries and its frontier markets that companies bring in significant expat talent to build out their workforces. And critically, those large emerging markets, the ones where they rely heavily on host country nationals, are the places where multinationals need to build scale in order to continue developing their businesses. If MNCs don't begin developing and retaining local talent in these markets now, they're not going to be able to sustain high growth in the future. Think about it. As companies scale, they'll need to develop larger, more complex regional businesses, and critical decisions will gradually be pushed lower in the organizational structure. So companies that don't develop skill sets across a broad segment of their local workforces, um, skill sets that will enable lower-level employees to work with more autonomy and contribute actively to larger strategic initiatives, will hit a ceiling. And once that happens, those companies will struggle for quite some time. After all, skill sets can't be built overnight. That makes sense. But don't you think that companies understand that this is a challenge? After all, we've heard about it quite frequently. Many seem to understand that it's a challenge, but that doesn't mean that they're acting to address it. In speaking with executives about ASEAN, we've noticed that many multinationals fail to account for talent bottlenecks when developing their strategic plans. Talent seems to be a bit of an afterthought, something that they'll handle, or HR will handle, once the plan's in place. The numbers back this up. According to a recent AmCham survey of 471 companies in ASEAN, the number of companies planning to expand their businesses in the region consistently outstripped the number of companies planning to expand their workforces. This gap presented itself across every major ASEAN market, but it was particularly acute in Indonesia and Malaysia. This wouldn't be such a big problem if those companies were satisfied with their existing talent development processes. Unfortunately, few are. According to that same survey, a full 71% of the companies polled reported that their talent development processes were either quote-unquote works in progress or far from effective. This is not a recipe for success. Companies should be engaging in active workforce planning to support their expansion plans. We recommend that companies do this in every region globally, but it's particularly important in ASEAN. 
Okay, so what does that look like? How can companies engage in active workforce planning? Well, in the report, we outline a four-step process that companies can use to avoid bottlenecks that arise from a mismatch between their strategic plans and their talent plans. Basically, we suggest that companies begin by establishing a standardized set of competencies to streamline workforce planning conversations. Uh, That helps to ensure that talent attraction and development is targeted in the right areas. Once that's done, uh, we recommend companies conduct what we call a critical staff needs assessment for each of their strategic initiatives. That helps to tell them where they are in terms of staffing against their initiatives, effectively. And finally, we recommend that companies build two dashboards using the information they've already gathered. Uh, The first will provide leaders with a quick view of um, their capability gaps, particularly the critical ones, and, and how they're endangering strategic initiatives on an ongoing basis. And the second will help executives and HR to see at a glance which staff capabilities should be prioritized for training and hiring. Uh, I should note here that this framework was actually developed as part of a larger research effort on workforce planning globally. Uh, We have a separate report on that topic that marries nicely with this one. It includes best practices and survey results in case you're interested. Wonderful. That's great. Thank you. Let's switch gears a little and talk about the nuances of Southeast Asia's talent market. What makes it different from other regions' talent markets? Basically, the differences can be boiled down to a couple of things. First of all, ASEAN is a remarkably diverse region. It has five large emerging markets that vary significantly in terms of their development levels, languages, religions, governments, and business cultures. And this naturally makes training expensive and limits employee mobility. Secondly, ASEAN has a massive undereducated Gen Y population. As these individuals enter the workforce, Southeast Asia's talent management dynamics are going to shift dramatically. Uh, These new employees are going to require longer ramp-up periods, and they'll have different priorities than the current workforce does. We lay out these nuances in some depth in the report and also offer some tactics that companies are using to uh, adjust to those nuances. Could you share a couple of those tactics from your report? How are the companies dealing with these nuances? Sure, we can go through a couple. As I mentioned before, ASEAN's regional complexity can make training expensive. Now, while many multinationals would prefer to conduct identical training uh, sessions in all of their markets, this approach often yields suboptimal results, shall we say, uh, because of varying educational levels, languages, and and cultures in the region. To address this challenge while remaining cost-effective, companies can conduct a gap analysis to determine the types of training needed for each market and then basically create bundles that can be reused in countries that have similar skill set issues. This helps to ensure that any tweaking that takes place uh, to account for language differences or cultural differences, etc., will give you the highest ROI. Another tactic we discussed in the report has to do with ASEAN's Gen Y workforce. As time passes, companies will be forced to rely ever more heavily on a new generation of workers. If they're going to attract, develop, and retain those workers, they really need to adapt their employee value proposition to the new generation's changing priorities and preferences. With this in mind, companies should start by evaluating their workforce needs to see how quickly they need to move. And when appropriate, they should begin to adjust their employee value proposition. Uh, One way companies have done this is to use surveys to build internal alignment. Uh, For example, we have an illustrative set of survey results in the piece that compares what's important to Gen Ys with what's important to their managers and 
with what uh, those managers think is important to Gen Ys. Uh, the results are pretty interesting. Wonderful. Thank you, Adam. Before we wrap up, could you talk a little bit more about what sort of research FSG is planning uh, to help companies understand ASEAN's business environment? Uh, sure. We'll be coming out with a new report next quarter examining the growing role of e-commerce in Southeast Asia. Uh, and we'll also be looking at uh, best practices later in the year for boosting Salesforce effectiveness in Indonesia and managing distributors in Thailand. If you'd be interested in discussing any of those topics with us, please don't hesitate to let me or your account manager know. Adam, I want to thank you for the great insights. My pleasure. Thanks for your time. I just want to mention here that Adam is available for one-on-one -on -one conversations with FSG clients. Just reach out to your account manager if you are interested in scheduling a meeting. And be sure to download a full research from the FSG Research Portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Thank you for listening.